All right, good morning. 2,000 years ago, a couple of fishermen, a tax collector, um, a zealot, and a couple of others were called by Jesus into a mission that would influence and change this world forever. And to be sure, those people took that calling very seriously. They gathered, they prayed, they partnered, they served, they gave all in the name of, all in the, all with the point of sharing the fact that Jesus is the Savior of the world. As members of his church today, all of us here, all of you watching online, those of you who call yourselves follower of Jesus, you, God wants you to carry on that mission. He does. He wants you to carry on this mission, a mission that, that will continue to transform and influence and change this world by pointing people to a God who, who loves them, right? A God who, who wants to bless them, a God who, who uh, wants to have a relationship with them now and forever. So, so what does that mean? Well, it means that if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, you have been made for mission, right? It's just kind of a thing that goes together. Well, what does that mean? It means that for you, any moment, any moment can become a mission moment for you. You simply have to be alert to it. You simply need to be aware because influencing and transforming this, the, the lives of those people, making a difference in the lives of the people around you for Christ can happen at any time, anywhere, you know, any place. Now, I realize that we live in a world that a lot of people will uh, agree is it's, it's pretty awful. Our society, our culture is seriously messed up, and, that's, and it's true. But Jesus calls us to make a difference in this world and influence it for the better. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at a guy, a very familiar guy. It's the guy that, that Laura was talking about just a moment ago. We're going to look at this guy in the Old Testament by the name of Noah. And, and, and Noah, of course, is best known for building an ark and, you know, the flood and everything. But if you look at his story closely, you'll see that Noah also uh, demonstrated these attributes that revealed he was a guy that was made for mission two. So from the life of Noah, we're going to pull some principles, okay? Principles that you can apply to your own life as you seek to influence and make a difference in this world. And understand something, okay? These principles that I'm going to share with you, they will work anywhere. They will work anywhere. They will work with that family member that you know about or that friend or that person at school or that person on the job site or in your neighborhood. They will work anywhere, all right? So let's jump right in. As those of us here and those watching online, those of us who are made for mission to influence and make a difference in the lives of those people around us, principle number one is simply dare to be different. Honestly, if you want to make a difference with your life for Christ, dare to be Different, just like Noah dared to be different from the rest of the world in which he lived thousands of years ago, a world that had plunged itself into wickedness and evil. Listen to this. This is from Genesis 6, verses 5 and 6. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. <laughs> Yikes, right? The world had become so sinful, so corrupt that every single thought was wicked and evil. It was terrible. 
And yet, if you read on, it says this in verse eight, look at this. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now notice those first two words there, but Noah. Those two words should indicate to you that while the rest of the world was going this way, Noah was going the opposite direction. He dared to be different. And honestly, if you have a family member or a friend or a coworker or a classmate or a neighbor that you want to influence and, and for the better and, and make a difference in their life and, and let them know they have a God who loves them, you have to be willing to be different too. You really do. And, and I get it. It's scary. It's, it's, it's risky to be different. Very risky. And it could cost you. I, you know, I, I'm sure it probably cost Noah. I'm sure it probably cost Noah. We're not told, you know, in the Bible, but I'm thinking as he's building this big ship in his front lawn, that, you know, the neighbors were probably heckling him and laughing at him, right? So it probably cost Noah. But here's the thing, in order to make a difference, you need to be willing to be different. Listen to what Paul says here in Romans 12. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be different. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There is no doubt in my mind that all of you face pressure to conform to everybody else, right? To act alike, talk alike, think alike, look alike, drive the same cars, wear the same clothes, do the same things. But that verse from Romans 12 says, no, 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 don't, don't conform. Conformity is when you act like everybody else, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. Conformity is when you care more about what other people think than what God thinks. So this is my first point for you. The first principle, as someone made for mission, and you gotta, just, you gotta take this seriously. Somebody made for mission, okay, if you're going to influence and make a difference in the life of somebody in your little world of influence, it really, really makes a powerful impact if you can dare to be different. Principle number two, live life from God's point of view. Live life from God's point of view. Again, as someone made for mission, someone called to influence and make a difference in the lives of those people around you, it helps to look, to live life from God, to look at the things of this world from God's point of view, not this world's view, but from God's point of view. In Genesis 6, this time verse 9, it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. I love that. Noah was focused on walking with God. He allowed that walk with him to kind of filter everything that he did. And he did through just probably asking himself questions like, hey, like, what does God want me to do in this scenario? How does God want me to act in this situation? Right? He was walking with God beyond that. And, and he, so he lived life from God's point of view. Beyond that, though, he lived with an eternal perspective. And I shared this idea with you, but he knew, I'm, I, we don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm betting that Noah lived with, with the knowledge that there was more to life than what was right there in front of him at that moment. And I share that with you because as Christ followers, okay, someone who was made for mission, now, it helps to not only live life from God's point of view and to live with that eternal perspective, it helps to live that way because it reminds you that life, on, when it comes to living life on this earth, we're just passing through. 
right? We're just passing through. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Hebrews 13 says, the, this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. When you can live with that kind of perspective, not only does it help you to dare to be different, but it also helps loosen whatever might have its grip on you in your life. And that's important because the greatest things in this world are not the things that you see. The greatest things in life are not the things that you see, contrary to popular belief. It's the unseen reality that you have a savior and his name is Jesus. It's the unseen reality found in 2 Corinthians 5, which says, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the greatest thing right there. The unseen, it, it, the greatest thing is the unseen reality of God's gift of love and living each day in his forgiveness, right? It's the unseen reality that the Holy Spirit is, is working in you to help you avoid sin, to honor God, and to live each day in the confident faith that your eternity with Jesus in heaven, it's a done deal, right? That's what counts. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So again, just a, a heads up for us as Christ followers, we gotta realize, like just keep in mind that what's really important isn't the stuff that you see. That's not what really matters. It's the unseen reality that you have a heart that's forgiven and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It's, it's the unseen reality that you have a God who wants to have a relationship with you that's real and forever. So as someone made for mission, okay, along with daring to be different, try this. Try living life from God's point of view. Seriously, look at, you'll live with an eternal perspective. It will, I guarantee it will help you in influencing and making a difference with your life for Christ. I guarantee it. All right, third principle is to depend on God. And that's fine all by itself, but the second half is the most critical part. Depend on God even when it seems impossible. When God asks you to do something, maybe it's to talk to that family member or that friend about who Jesus is and what he's done on the cross for them or how much he loves them. It's tempting, isn't it, to think, oh, 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 no way I could do that. Not a chance, not in this lifetime. Nope, ain't gonna happen. Nope, no way. And besides, they probably wouldn't listen to me anyway. It's impossible. Okay, here's what I want you to, you will wrestle with that because devil's gonna be tempting you to think that. In those moments, here's what I ask you to do. Depend on God to work in you and through you, even though it may seem impossible to you. Depend on God even when it seems impossible. In Genesis 6, verse 22, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Right? Noah trusted God. Noah depended on God. God, uh, uh, God laid out the why and the what, and Noah took it from there. I'm sure Noah had his share of questions, right? I'm sure he, by some accounts, Noah was building his ark 500 miles away from the nearest body of water. I'm sure one of the questions that Noah had was like, why would I do that? And how am I going to get all those animals on board? And do we really need the mosquitoes, Lord? I'm not so... I, all right, that last part was me. That was me, sorry. But he had questions, right? I'm sure he had questions. And yet when God said, build the ark, he said, okay, I'll do it. 
Why? Because Noah depended on God even when it seemed impossible. And here's my point. When you know that God is asking you to do something, and you're thinking to yourself, that's no way it's going to happen. It's impossible. Ask God for his help to do it. And here's why I say that. God won't ever ask you to do something without also equipping you to do it. He just won't. He will give you the Holy Spirit. He will give you the courage you need. He will give you the words you should speak. He will give you the opportunity. He will provide you with what you need. Uh, in Philippians 2, it says, it is God. It's not you, right? It's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. When God asked Noah to build an ark, potentially in the middle of nowhere, it probably didn't make sense. It probably didn't make any sense to Noah. But he did it anyway. He built the ark because he trusted God, right? He had faith in God. And that's the key. Faith is obeying God even when it seems impossible, even when it doesn't seem to make sense. It's talking to that family member or that friend or whoever it is, even though they've made it clear, I don't believe God exists. Faith is, faith is doing what, you, what to you may seem humanly impossible. Faith is doing what to you may seem humanly impossible. And my guess is that some of you here, some of you watching online right now, you know that God has kind of been nudging you to, to say something or do something or get involved in some whatever. And, and um, you, it, it may have been something that you've been wrestling with for uh, a couple of weeks or maybe a month or a couple of years. And, and yet you are afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. It's, it is scary. You think, what if I fail? What if I say the wrong thing? What, what if they get angry at me? What, what if I don't have the time? <laughs> what if I don't want to, right? All of those things are very real fears that Satan has put in your mind. And again, all I want to add, I just want you to understand that as you wrestle with this, Okay, you know God is telling you to do this and you're, you're hesitating, you're stalling, you're going, oh, da, da, da. okay, in those moments, ask God for the help that, you, that he will give you. Ask him for his power. He'll give it, I promise. In uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, it says, we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Ask God for his help. Seriously, ask him to help you depend on him, even when it might seem completely impossible. So dare to be different, live life from God's point of view, not the world's point of view, depend on God, even when it seems completely off the charts, impossible. And then fourth, be willing to persevere. Hang in there. It's so easy when you, well, I said something to him. I don't know exactly what I said, but I said something, I'm done, all done. It, hang in there, don't give up. Don't be easily discouraged. Honestly, if there was somebody who could have been discouraged, it would have been Noah. I, I, some scholars suggest that it took him up to 75 years to build that ark. <laughs> 75 years, that's a long time. And I'm sure Noah didn't have a church family like we do, right? That is gonna help and encourage and pray and support. I'm thinking Noah was pretty lonely and tired and ridiculed, but Noah hung in there, he persevered. He reflected this incredible quality that influential people are ordinary people with an extraordinary amount of determination. That was Noah, but that can be you. 
And it can be you when you have what Noah had. And that's just faith in a God who won't let you down. All right, they have that same faith like Noah. In Hebrews 11, it says, faith led Noah to listen when God warned him about the things in the future that he could not see. He obeyed God and built a ship to save his family. Noah received God's approval that comes through faith. Noah had faith and that faith kept him from getting discouraged. It allowed him to persevere. And I realized that when it comes to talking to family members or friends or coworkers or whatever, it's easy to get discouraged, to give up. And he would say, don't. I know it's easy to get discouraged, especially when you know you'd be influencing this person or saying something to them and you don't. And like, oh, I, I blew it again. Or to, it's easy to get discouraged when they remain stubborn and hard-hearted and you just want to like, oh, you just, it's easy to get discouraged and quit. And I would just encourage, I would encourage you in those moments that when you feel that discouragement, let that be kind of a warning light for you. Okay, uh, you know, a warning light that says, hey, you've kind of lost your, your, your point of focus. Instead of looking at life from God's point of view, living with that eternal perspective, you're starting to look at the things from the world's perspective. What the world thinks is more important than what God thinks. Okay, and, and that is going to keep you from remembering that when you need to persevere in a situation that God is calling you to, to persevere in, he's got it, right? He's got it. He's, he's in control. He's still got it. You don't have to worry. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. No matter what situation you may be facing, God's will is at work and he wants to work in you. So hang, hang in there, please. In fact, Jesus tells us why we should hang in there. In Matthew 5, very familiar words, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. Right? As followers of Jesus, we are the salt of the earth. That means we are to be a preservative to keep this world from getting even more rotten. We are the salt of the earth in the sense that we are to add flavor to this world and, 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 and add the flavor of God's love and grace and mercy. We are the light of the world. We are to help people you know, find that path, lead them on that path, the path that points them to the cross of Jesus. So hang in there. These people need to know what you know. They need to know what it says in 1 Peter 3, that Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Remember, you were made for mission. You were made to influence and make a difference in the lives of the people around you by pointing them to Jesus and his loving sacrifice on the cross. You were made to influence and make a difference in the lives of those people around you by telling them the truths of God's word. Truths like these in, in Galatians 1. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Thanks be to God. 1 Peter 2, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Thanks be to God. I tell I just, the, the only hope for this world, the only hope for, for you and for the people in your little world of influence, it, the hope of this world is not going to be found. I'll tell you, it's not going to be found in a political party. You know, we have voting coming up in two days. It's not going to be found in a social program or in a group, particular group of friends. It's found in Jesus. 
The same Jesus that you and I crucified and nailed to a cross because of our sins. But the same Jesus who willingly went to that cross, the same Jesus who offered himself up to pay for our sin. And as a result, Peter is able to say this in Acts 4 boldly. He says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Amen? You were made for mission. Thank you. You were made for mission. And the best way to influence and make a difference in this world is just point them to Jesus somehow. And again, it can be maybe helping in a kind of behind the scenes kind of way. But I also think there are many opportunities to simply tell them about the Jesus you know. Keep in mind, you're not giving them cancer, right? (laughs) You're not giving them COVID. This is good news. You're telling them about a Jesus who loves them and died for them so that the Holy Spirit will continue to work in their heart and in their life. And they might too know God's gift of grace so that, they're, they're, they, so that they too can have a past that is forgiven, so that they too can have a present here and now that is filled with power and purpose and meaning, so that they, do, they too can have a future that is secure and filled with confident hope. So let me challenge you. Okay, we, we're all fired up, you know, so that's good. So let me just challenge you in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you to do this. Ask God for the courage to dare to be different. It's easy to say, oh yeah, I should be different. Ask God for the courage to actually do that. It has a tremendous impact on people around you. Ask God for the courage to dare to be different. Second, refuse to get discouraged. Refuse to give up on those people that God is calling you to impact. Okay, they need to know God's love and mercy in Jesus just as much. They need to be saved just as much as you do. Hey, please, please don't give up on them. Never, ever give up on them. And then third, remember, you were made for mission. God, God wants to use you. He really does. He wants you to, um, uh, to impact those people that you interact with in and out of any given day. And so ask God for the, the, the courage to do that, right? To be alert to those mission opportunities when they present themselves and to let him speak to them through you, to be used by him to impact them. All right, so dare to be different. Live life from God's point of view, not this world's. Depend on God, especially when it seems impossible. And never, ever give up. Never, 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 never give up. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you today asking for your power. Help us to be, to, to dare to be different Help us to develop an eternal perspective and see things from your point of view. Help us to depend on you for your help and and to trust that you'll always give us the power that we need to do it, even when it seems impossible. And throughout it, Lord, help us to hang in there, to persevere as we look for ways to reflect your love to those around us. Lord, help us to make a difference for you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' great name. And all God's people said, amen.